Right, hello everyone and welcome to uh, the Choose Health First podcast with me, Ryan Ferry, as your host. Um, and I've got a very uh, special guest with me to- tonight, uh, not tonight, this afternoon, afternoon. So um, I've got Kevin Walker uh, with me today. So how are you doing, Kevin? I'm good, Ryan. Thanks. How's yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing very good. Um, how, how are you coping with just the situation, just with... Uh, COVID and stuff, you all fine? Family okay? Yeah, it's, it's been okay, yeah. I mean, it's I was on furlough for a month or two and then I got, I've got i been back for about seven weeks now, so I've okay. kind of got back into some form of uh, routine, but it's it's been very different and there's uh, it's been quite a lot of work, not many days off in a row, so it's uh, okay. it's been tough going, but it's uh, but no, it's everything's been fine though, so. Good. Yeah, Family all safe on that as well? Family's all safe, yeah, there's not been any issues. My my partner Lauren's kind of tearing her hair out a wee bit, stuck in the house <laughs> and furlough, but um, yeah. apart from that, she's, uh, we're all good. Just painting the house and doing all the DIY tasks that we don't do. Oh, aye. Get the garden sorted. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> yes. Yeah. doing the garden now as we speak, so I've managed to get away for a wee while. Seems, so. Yeah, that seems to be the most, uh, one of the most uh, frequent tasks that everyone's doing. I say, oh, what are you doing today? I'm actually doing my garden. I say, like, oh, I'm not surprised. You've got all the time to do it. <laughs> no. um, good, good. Um, right, so I've got, the reason why I wanted to ask you is because I know a little bit about your background from um, just talking, just with you in general. So I wanted to kind of invite you and just to explain a little bit um, with the listeners. So why don't you tell me just a little bit about yourself, maybe what your what your history, um, what you've done, your career. Um, so the floor is yeah. yours. All right, well, uh, first of all, thanks for asking me on. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, so basically I've been working in the industry, well, the fitness industry for five years now. Um, so that kind of, I had a, a variety of roles that started off sort of gym instructor um, for two years. When I was doing that role, I actually did a master's on top of that. So it, oh. was like a, it was like a graduate fitness role. So you did like 30 hours in the gym. And then you did a master's on top of it. So it was, it was pretty intense, but it was, wow. it was good. So you can kind of get a good work experience, but then get some, you know, an educational uh, master's degree out of it, which has, you know, mm-hmm. been really beneficial, actually. Um, and then after that, I set up my own self-employed PT business. So I did that for a couple of years. Right. Um, I also did some PT mentoring, which I'm, you know, yourselves aware of as well, because you yep. do some mentoring for them as well. So that's with Bodycore. Yep. Um, so I worked with... A wide variety of students so it was great so just taking them through their um, level two and level three qualifications so mm-hmm. that was um, yes that, that was really good experience and um, and now currently I'm a fitness manager at David Lloyd and Renfrew wow. so I've been there since August 2019 um, mm-hmm. so it's my sort of big first big management role which is um, it's been really good so far um, before that um, I was a professional footballer so I've always been in football pretty much all my life. So I played for Hibs when I was younger and then um, I moved on to Falkirk. I was at Falkirk for two years full time. And then I went to university to do my undergraduate degree and played for their football team for a few years. And then I signed for Livingston off the back of that. So I got approached and asked to go to Livingston. So that was in the championship in Scotland. Uh, I was there for a couple of years and then I moved on to Berwick Rangers, which was in League Two. Um, played for them for a couple of years, 
sort of made my way back to the uni just as I was starting up my own business, just to sort of focus on that. Um, and, and yeah, and that kind of brings me up to date in terms of football, in terms of and my work career. Right. I've got to say, though, you've, you've followed like a very, very similar um, kind of approach to how I kind of started as well. Like it's, I was exactly the same. Um, I was a footballer as well. Um, yep. But I started off as a striker. Um, right. <laughs> so the funny thing is, um, when I was at Falkirk, I was at Falkirk uh, Football for just a community. Yep. Um, and the goalkeeper at the time, he, he broke his hand uh, just right. playing a match. So yeah. they were saying, Ryan, Ryan, why don't you go in and play goalkeeper? I said, I have never played goalkeeper in my life. Um, <laughs> and then just all of a sudden, like, I could catch a ball, I could save a ball. And yeah. then they was like, you're actually really good. You could be a goalkeeper. I was like, mm-hmm, okay. Um, <laughs> but five games later, like pro youth Falkirk says, hey, do you want to come up for a trial? Jeez, oh, that's like I've only played five games. Like, yeah, we know, but we want you to come up. Uh, so I went kind of the same route, but I was pushed towards um, pushed towards a goalkeeper. Yeah, um, as well. So it's and I went to Stenersmuir, uh, Alloar, uh, played with Falkirk as well, and I played with Celtic. Yeah. So I was, uh, yeah, it was kind of similar to you. Like once I kind of finished my football and kind of career, I went into yeah, the kind of the fitness side of it. So, with your football and career, what made you kind of get into being a goalkeeper? Is it just you've always kind of been fascinated to just be a goalkeeper, or did you not fancy maybe running and scoring a goal? Yeah, uh, no, it was. I mean, I, I used to always play outfield when I was like sort of young and I was playing with my pals, but mm. um, it just kind of, I just kind of went in goal one day and I, I just enjoyed it which is a bit weird because normally you just get sort of shoved in goal, but I actually, weirdly enough, enjoyed it. But um, I played rugby at the time as well, so I kind of got to a crossroads where I was, you know, I was was okay at rugby, I was pretty decent, but um, I had to make a choice between rugby or football because that was the time that Hibs approached me, and then I was just like, I just had to make a decision, and I just went with my gut. I mean, I was only 12, so it was like, my kids were involved as well, and I was just like, you can't really turn it down. You've got to try it and see where it leads you. And then it was, you know, it's turned out to be a pretty good decision. And then, oh yeah, like it sounds like you've you've been through so many teams. So has there been like a difference, um, kind of, and I mean, maybe like you're training from different clubs, or has it just been roughly the same? Because I know each uh, each kind of club will have maybe them more focus and maybe skill work for goalkeepers, or yeah. maybe. Um, like that actual maybe agility or actual just being fit because you even though people think well you're just standing about but you do actually still need to be fit as a goalkeeper it's, it's, it's totally that that's it's, it's a generalization i hear a lot is that the goalkeeper stands about and does nothing but the yeah. if you if you think that go on youtube some videos and watch some of the pro goalkeepers train because it's 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 intense i can tell you that for sure yeah. and it's it's maybe not running long distances but it's all very short powerful um, you know, explosive movements. So it's uh, the training is really fun. It's one of the things that I actually loved about being a goalkeeper, the training. Mm. Um, but in terms of what, what it was like, um, I suppose when you're younger, it was, I, I don't really remember much of the training when I was at Hibs. Um, I just remember some goalkeeping coaches that I worked with. Um, and it was all just about, I mean, it's, back then, it was just about getting your touch of the ball and and just, yeah, you know, 
creating a fun environment and that was really it um you when you were sort of 12 you worked with the younger goalies so it kind of got split into two groups so you had like under 13s down which you'll probably you know had similar experience with and then when you get to under 14 that's when they put you in with like the under 17 so you're training with the older guys and obviously the standard just goes you know really high just like that so it's quite a big jump but mm. it's good because it gets you used to training with older people and it gets yeah. you you know the the speed of the ball is totally different and at that age it, it can make a huge huge difference so it's um so yeah so when you in the youth it's just kind of about just, it was just about getting your touch of the ball and um you know making little changes to your technique and then you know when you you know the difference between that and then going full time that was that was a huge jump um because you're training with men and you're training with first team goalkeepers and um, you know, you, there was no hiding place, so it was no, no. probably where I learned most of, you know, about goalkeeping was when I went into Falkirk and worked with Jim Preston, who was the goalkeeping coach at the time, and um, he really was he was a big influence on me. To be fair, and he really um, spent a lot of time with me and drilled a lot of technique that I probably hadn't picked up a lot of before. I mean, I picked up quite a bit, but. Mm. To, to play at full time level, they had to do quite a lot of work with me, and it was it was worthwhile because you know I learned a lot of things that I took forward in my career. So yeah, did you have to do kind of like gym work uh, in ways? Because I've from personal experience, I was I was released by by Steny that because I think I was like fifteen years old. I was released by Steny because I was too small, right at the time. So have you? Like kind of had maybe that experience, or if you do you know someone that has that experience? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been on the I've been on both sides of it as a coach and a player. It's a horrible position to be in. Um, as a as a goalkeeper, I was actually all right because I was tall when I was young, so right. I was always I was always a big lad. So I was um, I never had that problem, but um, right. I was quite skinny, so I did need to fill out. You know, right. because um, you know, particularly as you go into the older age groups and you start getting, you know, cross balls are coming at the box and you're getting bullied off, you know, in the air and things like that. You, yeah. the, the the sort of strength and conditioning side of it came into it a lot. Um, again, when I was younger at Hibs, that was only really kind of starting to come through at that age. They didn't see a lot of it. I remember going and doing a couple of workshops with a guy that was the sports scientist there, but um, he didn't do a lot. But when you went to, when I went to Falkirk, that's where it really got drilled in hard. Like they were, they were doing three strength and conditioning sessions a week. So, and, and then so you were doing like a Monday, a Wednesday and a Friday um, and then game on a Sunday. So you were training as well as the SNC sessions. So it was pretty intense and my body was not used to that at all. So it took a wee bit of use to get them, you know, getting used to it. But, yeah. um, but I think that, you know, drilling that into me at that age of 16 has probably been, you know, it was, it was really beneficial to my game. And that just, that sort of thing continued into full-time football. And then when I went to the University of Stirling and played there, they were really big on it as well. So mm -hmm. we were lucky in that sense. So, and then it's just became a feature of my career. You know, I've, I've always yeah. done a lot of sort of strength training alongside my football, so. That's good, because I think, I think it is very important. Like, it's not always just about being, like, physically fit in terms of, like, you're just your cardiovascular system. It should no. be just, a, it should be, right. Like, Right, you need to actually maybe like bulk up in ways. That's yeah, quotes <laughs> bulk up yeah. in ways. Um, so no, that's that's good that you actually got that experience and it was allowed you to then kind of develop more. Um, and a lot of power training as well because if you think that you're trying to 
you know, if you're if you're if you're springing to make a save into the top corner or just moving across your goal, you know, you need to do a lot of sort of agility training, a lot of power training, so that you yeah. can. Um, and then, if I mention cross like cross balls again, you need to be, you know, you need to be able to, you know, come out, jump on the one foot, get your opposite leg up, and then, you know, mm-hmm. essentially come through all the bodies, which is the it's a phrase that gets used a lot, and you have to be able to be strong. But, so that the defenders are bouncing off you rather than the other way around so that you can, you know, get the ball and then command your box. So it's it's yeah. an essential part of, of a goal of a goalkeeper. So um so the the strength and the power training is probably, you know, one of the biggest aspects of that that I benefited from. Yeah, good, good. Um you meant you touched upon that you were doing you did coaching and yes. um and football. So what kind of Coaching, what you said, was it just with the kind of under 12s, uh, 13s? Did you go any higher? Can you tell me about yeah, that? So I've, I've actually got a lot of opportunities for coaching, so um, so bear with me. I've, had, I've got a lot of things I'm about to rattle off. Oh, no, so, you've got a lot uh, better. <laughs> yeah, so no, I got the, when, I went to, when I went to Stirling Uni in 2010, so after I got released from Falkirk, um, I went to the uni to play and a lot of co- a lot of coaching opportunities came up then. So um, the first one that I did was I went in with the Falkirk Academy. So I went in there and I took a couple of groups on a Monday night. So I took a younger group and an older group. Um, so, and again, that was just sort of, um, with the younger ones, it was just about sort of, you know, the basics. And then with the older ones, it was a little bit more game related. But again, it was just trying to keep things sort of straightforward. So we were working to a proper curriculum then though. So we had themes that we would work on each session. So it could be handling or it could be positioning or um, short stop and distribution, whatever it is. So, and then that kind of got led by the first team goalie coach. So he passed that information down and so that the academy guys were sticking to a curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the Falkirk lads. Um, so I worked with them for a couple of years. So that was, it was good. Um, I also got the opportunity to um, head up the women's academy, the SFA women's academy at the uni at the time. Mm-hmm. So they had, they had them. They've got they've got like a regional program. I don't know how it's structured now. I think it's quite similar, but um, but there was like a central region, a west, an east, and a north, and all this. And I was the central region goalie coach for three years. So that was yeah. good. I remember so, I played for I played for like this like the Scottish kind of uh, community regions, and they had yeah. kind of north, south, uh, yeah. west, uh, east, and central kind of youth yeah. teams. And I played for the central as a goalkeeper. So. Yeah. Um, nice. So that might have been, it might have been that around that area then that you got that. So yeah, so that was so that was the um, so that was the women's stuff. So and it was great because I, I worked with a number of goalies that have and um, the likes of Leah Alexander that's number one for Scotland now. So I worked with her. I worked with Megan Cunningham. Um, I got a chance to work with Jenna Fife as well, Chloe Logan. So all these girls were went on to you know became pretty successful goalies. Um, so. If you want to see a training schedule, you should have seen their training schedule back in the day. It was it was crazy. It was almost overtraining rather than undertraining. So <laughs> it, was, oh, it was like we do a, they would do four sort of four seven a.m. sessions, and they would do a gym session afterwards, and then they would go and train with their clubs, you know, three or four times a week, and then play on a Sunday. It was just it was a lot of training they used to get. So it was um, it was pretty intense, but, but it was it was a really good experience. Um, mm. And then when I signed for Livingston in 2013, I went and helped out on their community program for two years. So it was just, again, it was just um, two groups, a younger group and an older group. So um, it, it ranged from, you know, boys, you know, sort of boys club teams and sort of, you know, more advanced teams. So it was just in the community. 
So that was good. So I did, I did that for two years. Um, and then after that, in 2015, when I signed for Berwick, and I went to the university to do my master's degree, um, I got approached by a mould coach who's, who heads up the SFA Performance School at Graham High in Falkirk. Um, so he so he leads like the sort of outfielders. So he was looking for a goalie coach. So I went in there and I coached with them for three years. So again, that would just be it was a wee bit different. So it was like in sort of like S one, S two, S three, S four. So right. you would normally get a one to one basis, or if there was like two of them in the age group, then you'd work with them. So um, so I did that for three years, and that again, that was it was great to see the sort of development of the lads who then went on to sign full times. So that was really good. Um, I had a goalkeeper who he was. I got him at S two the first time I worked with him, and mm-hmm. then he's. I got a text a couple of weeks or a couple of months ago, sorry, to say that he'd signed his first contract with St Mirren, and he'd went with just boys clubs pretty much all the way through. So then he just got his opportunity. He went to Airdrie, and then he got signed up by St Mirren. So it was nice to actually play a, a, a little bit of a role in his development and see the sort of you know the rewards at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so and yeah, so I worked. I worked with the SFA Performance School. I also worked with um, I don't know if you know him, Robbie Thompson, plays for Rafe Rovers. Um, yeah. I worked. He's got a goalkeeping academy that's um, based in Falkirk as well. Um, yeah. And yes, yeah, so it's down at um, it's down at Spring Kirsch. Um, not Spring Kirsch. No, what am I? Um, Little Kirsch. Yeah, Little Kirsch. Aye, I've heard that place. Spring Kirsch and Sterling. Aye, so Little Kirsch. Um, so I worked with him for a, for about a year, um, and then also worked with the the Rangers Football Club as well academy. Oh, right, yeah. so I got to work with them for a year, so that was good. So it was me. It was mainly sort of in the school program because they've got like a school program as well. Um, so I, I knew a guy from university who's quite high up there now, and he um, he told me that they were looking for a goalie coach, and he set me up a meeting with Colin Stewart, who's their sort of head goalkeeping coach, and. Um, and he, yeah, he said that they were needing help in the school program. So I ended up doing that for a year. So that was really good as well. Um, and then that kind of took me up until sort of 2019 when I got the job at David Lloyd. And I've not really done much since because of, just because of the, the role. But, um, but yeah, so now I've got quite a vast coaching career as well. See, when you, yeah. when you see it loud, I've actually done quite a lot. So Yeah, it's, so that's it's very yeah. impressive. Very impressive indeed. So it's, I think you, what you said as well, you've, You've helped someone develop, um, kind of get into like, a, a contract of just playing for a professional football club. That is definitely a proud moment um, to have that kind of impact on someone. It's it's just the same as like a I don't know if it's the same as just like having like someone as a personal trainer who's maybe they've lost four or five stone or something. Definitely. I was going to say that you can the, the links there between coaching and personal training where. The sort of the aim and the goal is to you know is to help them and achieve a goal in mind and that's the so to be able to be part of somebody's development or somebody's journey that's the sort of you know that for me that's really rewarding and that's why exactly why I got into coaching and it's exactly yeah. why I got into personal training is to mm-hmm. is to help people so um so yeah so it's it's pretty cool looking back and and seeing what you know how I've how I've you know played a part in that development so, yeah. yeah excellent. Um, now, one of the one of the reasons that I got you on is because I wanted to find out about your uh, the training. It was more specifically what you said. Partly, you did like strength and conditioning and agility. Um, 
So was there maybe like sports scientists that maybe helped with those type of training? Did they maybe program anything while you were doing your goalkeeping? Definitely. Yeah. So no, I was, I was on a program. Um, as I said, the first time I experienced that would probably be Falkirk. So mm-hmm. um, we were, it was, we only did, we did two sort of team led sessions per, per week. So after, on a Tuesday and on a Thursday, we would have like a program that we would follow. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would kind of vary because it, you, you got individual programs as well. So I would follow my individual program on a Monday after training and then we'd do the team session on a Tuesday. You'd always have a Wednesday off and then you would do the team session on a Thursday. So I was maybe doing maybe three or four sessions a week in the gym, Mm. but it would depend a lot as well at that stage because um, you played a lot of midweek games as well. And then if there was reserve games and things like that, then the schedule would change. And so, but sort of on on average there would be at least three sessions a week so you'd have an individual program to follow and you would have a group program that you would and that would kind of interlink with each other so you would do in the team session there would still be parts of your individual program in that because the boys were quite similar in terms of what they were trying to achieve but um but you were but yes you got program set for and that got that went into the university as well when assigned for them as a scholar we would have again two sort of team-led sessions per week and my sort of gym training kind of only got reduced to two times a week because we played two games a week when I was at the uni so you play on a Wednesday and a Saturday so if you were doing any more than I mean you would you would maybe go to the gym on another day and you know you know kid on that you were doing stuff like you know just messing like if there would maybe be three or four of you going and you would you would hit chest and biceps and that would be it but <laughs> at that time I didn't really have a massive understanding of what I was actually doing so right. it would be a team-led sessions that I would sort of do my actual work and right um, okay but so it's I've been I've actually been quite lucky that I've had a lot of you know sports scientists to help me throughout mm-hmm. my whole you know since Falkirk at 2008 to now I've always mm-hmm. had people there to help me and program for me so it's right. been that's interesting. So, yeah. they t- and in terms of like, you would do a lot of like, um, you would do a lot of sort of team-led preparation for training. So you'd have like prehab work that you would do before you go out onto the pitch. Right. Um, you would have like resistance band work and, you know, glute activation. You would do foam roll and all this sort of, you know, um, all this sort of uh, training that you would do for your, just to sort of prepare you for the training session. Um, yeah. Using protocol. What was that? Use a ramp protocol. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it was, um, yeah, so we'd, we would always do, we'd religiously follow that every morning before we'd go out on the pitch. So it was, um, that was just part of the routine, really. Um, right. And then recovery as well, you would do um, obviously cool downs and things like that that would mm-hmm. be team led and sports scientist led. So, um, so yeah, so they were, they were, they gave you quite a lot of attention, actually. So it was good. Yeah. Good, because I was going to ask, like, what would your recovery was going to be like? But you, you've got that in the, in the bud. Um, I think that um, I know that particularly was when I was baths involved. In, what was that? Was there ice baths involved? Ice baths were involved. We oh. used to have, we used to have um, wheelie bins in the changing room. Yeah. So we would have to sit in there for ten minutes, even if you, even if you were on the bench, you'd have to ice bath as well, which. Yeah. Yeah, so if, if you were a sub, I should probably say this, if you were a sub, you would all, after every game, you would go out and do some form of running. So right. um, I think if you played less than 30 minutes, you would have to go out with the sports scientist and do a bunch of pitch runs, which were 
absolutely horrific, particularly, <laughs> particularly during the winter when it was absolutely freezing, or if yeah. you ended up playing at some big, like like the Falkirk Stadium, for example, it was an absolutely massive pitch, and you would have to do pitch runs, and it was. I've uh, seen, I've uh, seen that on like TV, right? Like, just like just people just doing sprints, and yeah. like surely that's not the first team players that I've just played. <laughs> Um, so I didn't realise it was actually sports scientists um, yeah. that were just like the subs doing it. So no, I don't know. Yeah. If you listen to the, ra- the radio after the game, the pre-match, in- the post-match interviews, you'll hear like the whistles whistle blowing in the background, and that's the players doing the subs doing their sort of runs. So it's, oh. it's, uh, it's it was, makes sense. I don't, I don't miss that side of it, if I'm honest. <laughs> oh no, I, I remember I did. It wasn't that uh, particular one, but I can remember at Steny. Uh, our coach was quite vigorous with our cardiovascular fitness. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I just found it absolutely awful. Um, yeah. And I think we we just did like thirty minute runs around the pitch. Nice. Um, and we had to keep at a set tempo. Um, yeah. Like we'd do like fifteen minutes where the the coach would control when we would sprint run. So it's almost like fat leg training. Yeah. Um, with it, and then, but after the next fifteen minutes, we control what pace we do. Yeah. From it, and it was it was quite vigorous of me because I was a goalkeeper and I didn't hugely train at the back of it. Um, so he was like, Brian, you need to get better. You need to do more running." Like I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> so I, I don't miss that part, but I, I know it hit me a bit of good at the time. Um, what about nutrition? Did they help you with that part? That's probably one area that they didn't, I mean, I think that they didn't really delve into that, to be honest. They would give you advice. You would always get the start of a season. You would have, you would, they would sit down and they would talk, they would give you like, a, they'd have a PowerPoint presentation up and they'd go through it. And that's the last they would say, really. It's, I'm, I'm sure it's different now, but yeah. at the time, that's all they really gave you. So, okay. and I suppose that that side of thing would probably be more beneficial if we'd got that back then. Um, yeah, I know that with the the kids, particularly nowadays, they're they're really really big on that, and wow. and they do like cooking workshops and all these types of things, and they're, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the sort of parent engagement's massive when it comes to that side of it. Mm-hmm. But um, but me personally, it's it didn't really get done a lot. To be honest, I mean, at Livingston, they used to sometimes give you protein shakes after training, but it was it was nothing. There was no. Um, there was nothing massive behind it, if I'm honest. Um, so that's something that's definitely improved nowadays. Well, in the last sort of like five years, I would say, yeah. um, compared to back then. Um, so but now knowing what I know, then I think I'd probably do things a little bit differently compared uh-huh. to what I did back then. So, well, so if you recall, then what kind of things did you do? To did you just just eat whatever you kind of wanted, really, or did you maybe yeah, you would get a pre- yeah, some places you would get a pre-match meal. So, um, but at Berwick as well, they would do that as well. So, if you were travelling far away to an away game, then they would do it. They would give you like a pre-match meal. Okay. Um, at, at Livingston, we used to have a well, we had a sponsorship with Tony Macaroni. So, right. so we used to go up to Tony Macaroni before a game, and they would put on like pasta and chicken and and fish and things like that. And you would just um, and yeah, that they, they, they we had a wee bit of an issue with it at start at first because they. They were giving us that they put the sauce on straight away, and mm. it was quite a spicy sauce. And it was a few of the boys were they were any, didn't agree with a few of the boys before the game. <laughs> but, 
um, but apart, but then they sort. So then we didn't do it for a few months, and then we went back to it because we sorted out an arrangement. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was. So we did get some pre-match meals, but nothing post-match or anything like that. They right. didn't really, didn't really go on that. So for me, it would be. I mean, to to be honest, Saturday nights it would probably be something like a takeaway or something reasonably unhealthy. But during the week, it would be it would be decent. You know, I had a good idea of what I was eating. Maybe didn't track it because I didn't have the knowledge and the education that I do now. But yeah. um, but it was I would say that it reason it was reasonably okay. Right, good, good. I think I've never had that kind of stuff when I was doing it. Because um, I think it was just when I was. We were just more focused on training, really. So. Yeah, I think now that I think there's there's a lot more sort of like you know knowledge and education behind the nutrition side of things now, and I think that the impact on performance is now proven scientifically in loads of journals and things like that. So that's you know it's I think that um, I think and you know with the sort of emergence of all the sports scientists now, I think that that's something that's really hammered into the players now which is which yeah. is great because it, it does have an impact on performance and, and recovery which is the particular if you're playing a short like a you know a, a large amount of games in a short period of time so mm-hmm. um but and then i'll not go into what we used to do at the university because that was that was totally not sports science <laughs> i can i can probably guess what you did because yeah. i did it as well so uh, uh, it was, <laughs> it was <laughs> But it was it was good at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's uni, so you're supposed to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. The other things I was wanted to ask was, with your training, how how does football get you fit in ways? Because maybe people who don't take football like kind of seriously as a professional le- level or maybe an amateur uh, level. They maybe just do it as like a fabicide. So would you yeah. would you say that's recommended just for anyone just to go and play for get fit and stuff? Absolutely. I mean, because it's, it's it doesn't have to be from a professional level. As absolutely as you say, it can be from a recreational level. If it's five sides with your pals, you you know, if it's an hour a week or a couple hours a week, you're going to be running about the pitch. You're going to be you know you're going to be burning a lot of calories just by doing that. And it's. Mm. It, not just for your physical health, for your mental health as well, because it's a chance to get away from everything and it's just a way to sort of, you know, have fun. And um, so I think that, you know, using football as an example is it's definitely a, a fantastic way to, you know, keep yourself, you know, fit and healthy. And mm-hmm. it's got a lot of social benefits as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's a great sport to do. So if, yeah. uh, if anybody's thinking about doing it and they've got a few pals and they want to go for five, I'd definitely recommend that it's anything that's going to keep you active is, is um, you know, should be encouraged. Yeah, especially now, just with everything kind of locked down, but hopefully definitely. when things kind of open up and you're allowed to kind of yeah. contact and stuff, then hopefully you, you, people get together and actually will be able to get physical fit because I think one of the things that definitely needs to be a focus once is out once we're out of this pandemic is just health and like the fitness levels definitely yeah definitely because it is I'm seeing lots of people um like studies with it and seeing if you do not actually being physically fit you actually boost your immune system and if you have a, a better uh, diet that can boost your immune system and actually reduce um uh, kind of like your impact of possibly getting uh, vital diseases, not just for COVID, but other stuff as well. So I think that should be the one of the top priorities um, yeah. of it. So yeah, 
and then it's you know it can help with things you know like obesity and things like that but obviously that's more of that's a, that's a lifestyle thing on top of that but it's not yeah. just going out and playing two hours a week it's 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 you know incorporating a lot of different things into your lifestyle but um but yeah and if as i say anything that can keep you active um is should be encouraged and um that doesn't just apply to football that's all things so you know anything that's going to increase your daily activity should be encouraged definitely Right, you've you've explained what your training was like when you were doing football. Yes. What's your training like now? So now, so base well, it's since I've transitioned into my job, it's it's kind of like my like the permanent job now. It's mm-hmm. it, I'll be honest, the first few months it the, the training did take a bit of a um a place in the back burner a little bit. If I'm honest, so I, I did struggle with consistency, um, but. I aim to get about between four and five sessions a week. Um, my partner convinced me to join CrossFit. So I've, I've joined a CrossFit gym um, and I absolutely love it. It's, it's fantastic. So um, I, I've joined the one in Stirling, CrossFit Fourth Valley. Um, we tread new and it's, 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 you know, it's really, really good. It's not just from the actual workouts themselves, but obviously you're incorporating your strength element at the start of the session and then you're doing your workout afterwards. And then the sort of social social side of it, and the community side of it as well, is is, is you know something that's um, been really good, and it's it's something that you know I I've set my goal that I want to do this a lot more, and I want to try, you know try and make sure that I'm being consistent with it and following the programming that they've done. But um, with my job, it's been a wee bit difficult, but um, you know I started the, the new year, you know, really bang at it, and then you know obviously COVID happened, and then it's just been. Um, it's just been a case of just doing a lot of home workouts at the moment. I've been quite lucky because I've got myself, my hands on a lot of gym equipment. Right. So okay. I've been able to still do a bit of bar, bar work. I've still been able to do a lot of dumbbell work. So um, I actually probably feel as fit as I've ever felt, even when I was full-time football, you know, really? just now. So it's, um, I, yeah, I would say so. But and the other side of it as well is I'm having to take a lot, pay a lot more attention to my diet because I'm not as active as I used to be. So right. the good thing about coaching with football as well is that you were always active, you were always serving the ball, and you were always running about and things like that. And then you were playing football, and then you were training on top of it. So I was, you know, crazy active before, but since going into my into the job, it's been a little bit more, a little bit more sedentary, and you're having to like. Um, be a bit more active outside of it and I found that a little bit more challenging than I was anticipating mm-hmm. um but yeah so you know signing up for the CrossFit gyms definitely helped with that so that's the sort of focus this now is to try and get better at CrossFit because <laughs> yeah. um and try and keep up the rest of them so yeah especially my partner she's very good at it so I'm trying to keep up with her and she's good so all right yeah <laughs> challenge yeah, exactly. a wee bit of competitive, wee bit of competitive, competitive nature in the in the household, but okay. I'm probably not going to fill that gap to be honest, because she is she's quick at a lot of the stuff. So. Yeah, I did I did cross it kind of for a couple of years. Um, yeah, from it, but I I kind of pulled back from it because I think um, I was getting a wee bit of niggles and injuries kind of a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, I think the thing with that as well is that, like, I've noticed that too. Like, you, you do start picking up like uh, things like little like lower back niggles and things like that, and um, think that the the sort of importance of doing of taking the time and doing mobility and flexibility work is essential, and that's something that I need to do more of. Yeah. Um, 
because you know being involved in foot I, I don't know if it's just a footballer's thing but I'm not very flexible at all hamstrings are just you know can barely touch my toes sort of thing so I need to be a lot more sort of flexible so um, and that'll help with the sort of training that I'm doing we're all, we're all kind of guilty a bit of flexibility and stuff yeah. um, so. <laughs> Wait, you, you don't, I don't see many many males actually doing splits nowadays like, I don't I don't see I don't see many of them I'm like if they do it I'm like mm, I'm very impressed with you I'm very impressed so um, you won't see that <laughs> no, it's, it's it's very rare sometimes, but you're like, I'm impressed, and you just feel like saying, "Can you can you show me how to do that?" And he's like, "Yeah, do this." And you're like, no, it's just not working for me. <laughs> no, I no, it's just I think like I've my type of training now. I, I I like the crossfit elements of how they've combined, like kind of like doing as many rounds as possible, um, yeah. time. Uh, kind yeah. of workouts. Um, yeah, I think so, the endurance side of it was a shock to me at first because I'm, as I say, like when I was doing my football training, it was all very short bursts of energy and it was explosive and power. And yeah, you're still doing that in CrossFit, but then when you when you get asked to do, well, you know, twenty burpees in the space of whatever time, or you're doing like an EMOM and you've got to get, you know, whatever, whatever many reps of something, I, I kind of struggled with that side of it. And I know on it. At our gym, we do an does an endurance session on a Sunday, and it's like he just puts a massive workout on the board, and it's like right, you've got forty five minutes, work your way through that, and it's like minimal rest, and it's 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 pretty pretty brutal to be honest, but it's um but that so that side of it, I was not used to at all, but yeah. so it's nice to get that sort of endurance side, you know, element of it that I've not been used to, so yeah. it's been beneficial. Aye, I definitely, I think. I- CrossFit does have its um, like definitely good points with the type of training because it's definitely just it's made um, like your traditional type of training where people will just do three sets of ten, three sets of ten, three sets of ten yeah. kind of thing. So it's kind of it's changed the way people will train a little bit. Yeah. So I like I like definitely like the elements of CrossFit that mm-hmm. I was just I was just getting too many injuries and with um, me doing like classes and stuff. A lot of the times, I, I couldn't really afford to keep on doing that, so I've kind of more yeah. focused on just um, not a traditional type of gym goer, but just like maybe two compound movements and then accessory movements and mobilities afterwards. So it's kind of a big focus um, yeah. at the moment. So yeah, but everyone's everyone kind of go comes and goes and moves on from kind of stuff. So. I think it depends just like if you've got specific goals or whatever, or if the, you know, it depends what works for you as well. I mean, um, if you're obviously, if, you, if you're wanting to do like, like bodybuilding training or something like that, then obviously CrossFit might not be for you. But if you want to improve your cardiovascular, but then also improve your strength at the same time, then that's, that could be for you because you're covering both. But it's, um, that, that, that's what I enjoy about it. I enjoy that you can go in, you do your heavy lift, you do, you know, whether that be your front squat or you do like your heavy power clean or your heavy overhead press and then you go and do a good sweat on after. It's um, yeah. that's, I do enjoy that. Good, good. Um, another thing is, um, with part of the Choose Health First podcast, like, I, I focus on kind of like the fitness, nutrition and mindset. So kind of one of the questions, what, what do you do to kind of improve the overall, overall health so you do you do your fitness kind of now. So 
but your nutrition now and maybe your mindset do you have any kind of focuses that you do currently yeah well, i mean I'm, I'm 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 being a lot more vigilant in terms of um my nutrition so beforehand i didn't do any sort of calorie tracking at all um but just because i was so i just felt i was so active and i kind of knew what i was eating and i kind of felt like i was just eating just to fuel myself and i, I just knew like, i kind of just knew what i needed to get me through the day sort of thing so there wasn't really much and i didn't really have any sort of major body composition goals either so i didn't really sort of delve into that but i'm kind of getting to that routine now so just using like, things like my fitness pal and things like that just to sort of get an overall understanding of how many calories are coming in and then um and then understanding how many, how much i'm burning per day and things like that so mm-hmm. in terms of nutrition i'm you know I'm, I'm having to be a lot more vigilant on that now um and then it's just about you know i find it quite difficult with my with my work to stay as active during the day so it's just like little things that you know i can do just to, like if it's just a walk around the gym we've lucky we've got stairs in the gyms so just walking up stairs and down just checking out and seeing mm. what's happening and, and it's just keeping myself active throughout the day so things like that obviously my fitness um and then the, the mindset's an interesting one um I, because since i've really stopped playing football it's been quite difficult to sort of you know sort of motivate myself to go and do something so again that's kind of why I chose something like CrossFit because of that competitive nature because I think that's something about me is that I'm quite competitive you know having played sport all my life Mm -hmm. so um so having that challenge is something that motivates me so I think that's it's that's the sort of main sort of mindset thing for me if I've got something to work towards and I've got something to motivate me then I'll do it because I know I've, I know that that's that's what what I'll do to make myself feel better. But um, but I know initially I felt like I didn't really have that motivation to start off with. So having something to work towards is 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 key for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just things like taking you know learning how to take downtime as well. I think yes. that's really important for your mental health. Um, you know whether that be spending time with your partner or spending time with with friends or you know just things like going for walks and things like that just any any way to spend your downtime i think is in, in a you know an effective way i think that that's important for your mental health because yeah you know yourself it's really really easy to get particularly in our industry where you know it's, it's it can be diff, it can be difficult to sort of um separate your work life from your personal life so i think that that's something that i've learned recently is that it's um and I, i'm one of these types of people who gets really um, you know, when I get stuck in my work, it's all I can think about. So it's, yeah. it's, uh-huh. um, it's, it's, as I said, it's just taking that downtime and, you know, helping yourself relax outside of it. It's, yeah. it's essential for your mental health. Definitely. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think I, there's a lot of people who do just write, it's work, 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 work. And it's like, what about this? Yeah. And then like, what do you mean? Kind of ways. And it, it just, they don't think about, you need to give your brain a rest in ways you need to just chill, like watch some TV or go for a walk or just chill out and, and just yeah. think about that way. And But they just think, no, I need to get this done. I need to get this done yeah. um, in ways. I think, was, I think when I was self-employed, I think that that's, that's when it really, that's when it really got, got to me was when I was I was never switching off from work like I was I was coming home and I was like looking at my phone constantly and replying to emails and messages and it just I was never getting any downtime at all um and I think that 
just taking that minute, as you say, or just taking that, like, if it's at night, just taking a couple of hours just to sort of chill with your partner or, as you say, go for a walk or something like that, That's that can be, you know, that can be essential. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad you agree with that because I think that's it's important that people should be doing a lot more. Yeah. Um, so, um, right, to, to wrap up what we're kind of saying, um, and this is kind of a generalised question, so... Um, why do you think we should choose health first? Um, I think that if anything, this pandemic sort of is proven is that you shouldn't really take anything for granted. So I think that anything that's going to make you feel better and anything that's going to make you feel good and positive um, should be, um, you know, should be encouraged. And it's important to take that seriously. So, um, you know, I anything that's going to make life sort of you know more enjoyable and I think that's why you should take care of your health you know for me exercise makes me feel better and um living a healthy lifestyle makes me feel better and when I feel good then it makes I feel like it's it helps people around me as well so like if I'm feeling positive and feeling good then my partner will feel better because you know we'll just make each other feel good but um but yeah so it's 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 essential because you know, you should be so, yeah, from a mental health point of view, from a physical health point of view, exercising regularly, living a, a good balanced lifestyle, as you say, is, um, you know, it's essential. So, um, and I think as well that professionally as well, I think it's important to choose your health first because we live in, a, depending on what industry you're in, but for me, yeah. I work in an industry where I'm preaching to people constantly saying that, you know, you should be, you should be just like you're doing here. You're asking people to put their health first. So you need to be practicing what you preach. So that's one of the lessons that I've learned in the industry is that like, for example, I would never program a bodybuilder or prep someone for a bodybuilding competition because I haven't done it myself. I don't know what they feel like and I don't know, understand the emotions behind that. So yeah. I think you have to practice what you preach. And um, if I'm going to practice, if I'm going to preach to people, to put their health first and live a healthy lifestyle, then I feel it's important that I should be doing the exact same. So yeah. I would say that from a personal point of view, it's essential to life. And from a professional point of view, just because the industry I'm in, it's really important as well. Good, good. Well, I think we can wrap up there, but I want to say thanks so much for just sharing your experience as a professional football and kind of what you're doing currently just now. So I think it's, You've got a very, very interesting career, what you've done, um, kind of switching oh. from it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so thank you. Thank you so much. Um, no, you're very welcome. So for everyone who's listening, so if you've got any, any feedback, um, wait, just come talk to me or anything, you can um, wait, message me. I'm sure, like Kevin, if, you, if you're wanting people to get in touch, are you, are you okay with that? Absolutely, yeah. I'll, 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 um, I'll give you my Instagram details and yep. I'll give my, my email as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can contact both of us if you've got questions about that. I'm sure um, like Kevin will have a lot more information than I will. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Stay tuned for more episodes um, and thanks for joining. Right. See you later. Thank you, Kevin. Right. Cheers. Thanks very much.